four. <laughs> what are you three. doing? Hi, I'm Julian. This is Tom. I'm Tom. And we are here to do a Ted Lasso podcast and video. Videocast. So it's got to be the term for it. A video pod. We could have sure Googled it beforehand to figure out what that terminology was. That's not us. And so what we're planning on doing is just going through the episodes of a TV show called Ted Lasso, which is a show that I really love and Tom is learning to love. I'm experiencing it as a newbie. So I've only seen this first episode and I'll be watching them episodically. Julian has seen all of them. I've seen the first season because the second season has not come out yet. I've seen it uh, a couple of times and I have been making the case to Tom as to why the show is important. The nice thing about Tom is, unlike most Americans, he's a soccer fan, so... Yes, I'm a football fan. Football. Well, I like football, too. I think we're talking about different sports, Different sports, but yes. Same affinity. So, we will be going through the show that I love, that I think is important. Tom will be experiencing it for the first time, and we're just going to go through it. Uh, Tom and I have not known each other for very long. Nope. Been on uh, Craigslist. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, if you have not seen the TV show Ted Lasso, uh, I would probably not listen to us. I would stop right now, either leave us be and just let us go in the ether of the internet, or go ahead and watch the first episode and enjoy it with us. Watch the first episode. There may be spoilers about other episodes. I'm going to try and keep that to a minimum, mainly just hint at things. Before you leave, if you haven't uh, watched, the, left, or or what? or if you haven't left already, if you haven't <laughs> left <continue>. already. <laughs> well, wait, are we giving our audience homework in the first episode? No, no, no. They're supposed to put us in our their MySpace friends. You got to smash you, that like button. You get that's what I see in the videos say. <laughs> you get you get eight MySpace friends. We would like if we to can be, get eight listeners. No, 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 you would get top eight MySpace friends. Oh. We would like to be one of those eight. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, preferably the top right. And okay. we'd like to be your pure volume uh landing page song yep so ted lasso a tv show is on apple tv if you don't know where to find it go to apple tv and watch it there it was i mean essentially a tv show that came out of a commercial campaign for when nbc got the soccer rights for a soccer league that is called the premier league out of uh, england the english premier league i believe the initial videos and again probably should have done some homework uh, were Ted Lasso as the coach of the Tottenham Hotspurs, which sounds right to you, since you did more of the research than I did. So that name doesn't sound like it's a real name. It too. is Tottenham Hotspurs. They're one of like kind of the big four or five teams out of England. You got Chelsea, Man U, Liverpool, Man City, Tottenham. I'd say those are your top five. So you're learning stuff already about the beautiful game of football. Oh. Okay, I played it in grade school. <laughs> grade school. I was quite good. I was. Uh, That's debatable. I had. We'll a... record videos of us later <laughs> playing, and then we'll let our audience determine. I'm pretty sure I had trophies. So the TV show itself, it is a soccer-based TV show, but it's really not about soccer. The reason I love the show so much, and the reason I try and push the show on other people, <laughs> it is one of those shows I try and push on other people is I think it is unique in terms of not only is it very funny, but I think it is important from like a life perspective standpoint. Not to go too deep, but Ted Lasso is a character. I'm a very cynical person. Tom, you don't know this, but I'm a very cynical and like negative person. Uh, And Ted Lasso as a character 
for those of you that have watched the show, for those of you that haven't, I don't know why you're still here. Um, <laughs> Ted Lasso is an incredibly positive, looks for the good in people, forgiving, and he's so he's so not nice, but he's he's so kind of giving and cares for people, but in a way that doesn't make him seem naive or dumb. Correct. I think he is very much an optimist, like you said, sees the good in people, and regardless of how they treat him, he always has the mindset, I'm going to treat them. Like the golden rule, treat others the way you want to be treated. Sure. Doesn't get treated like that, especially in this first episode. Sure. Um, but yeah, has a great positive outlook, and Jason Sudeikis, who plays uh, Ted Lasso, is just a great comedic actor and does plays that role incredibly well, which is why you can understand why these 10-minute YouTube videos became a big show. Yeah, became a... Um, and very well received it sounds like Incredibly. i think the probably limiting thing is it's on apple tv which just i don't think a lot of people have no but when apple comes at us with a sponsorship <laughs> sweet sweet sponsor money. we'll be able to probably watch season two <laughs> so uh, the other thing we should mention is so jason sudeikis is the star uh most people know him from snl the guy that helped create it and write it is bill lawrence Bill Lawrence also, I mean, he did a ton of shows, but the one I know him best from is Scrubs. Another show you tried to have me watch, which, again, watched first sure. season. I think maybe first or second season. Good show. Again, good mix of comedy and heart. I yeah. Bill Lawrence does a really good job of kind of melding the two. Definitely. Definitely. So this show, I think, very important. For me personally, it is a show that, like, in this, I will think, what would Ted Lasso do sometimes? <laughs> it's that silly. Like, I'll be like, if, I, uh, if I'm going to go negative, or if I'm going to be critical about something, or if I'm going to be cynical, if I'm going to like kind of expect the worst out of someone, I think about Ted Lasso <laughs> more than I should. There's probably other figures in history <laughs> in the world that I should go to like from a moral compass standpoint. But I was, I was telling Tom... Uh, in the middle of uh, a Grand Canyon hike. It was like the second day. We were pretty exhausted. I started pitching this show to my dad, who was <laughs> tired, and I was thinking of Ted Lasso, the coach, and what he would do. And uh, so the show is, is stuck with me. So what we're going to do is run through the first episode, talk about some of the stuff we like. I didn't dislike anything. So... Oh, I got plenty of dislikes. So. Okay, well, that's why I've watched <laughs> the show several times, and Tom is coming into it new so pilot episode opens up with us learning about the situation with the team we meet some characters uh, we find out the owner of the team is rebecca higgins uh and then she has her right hand man higgins and the show opens up wait a minute i got a question already what you're saying her name is Rebecca Higgins? I've, I've, I've misspoke. Her name is Rebecca Wel Welton? Yeah. Welton. Welton, that's what I it was is. confused because, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. If they're the ones that are married sure. and they broke up, yet they still have this very right. Sam and Diane type relationship. No, no, no. No, okay, no. Everyone in this show is last name, some version of Higgins. Okay. Okay. So it's Rebecca Welton, thank you. Welcome. The owner of the show. Uh, we open with Higgins, her right hand man. And this is us learning that she has inherited the team through a divorce. And Great use of, like, camera work and stuff to be able to tell that story like that. Sure. Where they just pan to the newspaper, kind of says, I don't know exactly what the quote were, but, like, he gets the money, she gets the team or something right. like that. Uh, just very and well put together. And she's going through the office picking art off the walls and sending it to auction. And we're finding out this is very expensive art. <laughs> Establishing that, you know, she's been part of wealth. And, and Higgins, 
is kind of the guy that gets run over, right-hand man, just doing her bidding. And then we get to meet the manager of the, the soccer team. Hey, good use of manager. Already. Okay, Not and, saying and I just want to explain to people, a manager for a soccer team, otherwise known as a football team, wait, a coach of a soccer team, I'll get through this, a coach of a soccer team when it's a football team is called a manager. Not American football, but rest of the world football. And if they also own a banana stand, they're called Mr. Manager. Right. Deep we, cut for... We just say manager. We just say manager. We just say okay. manager. So uh, we, we get the, uh, this old dude with long white shaggy hair in short shorts. He comes in at Rebecca's bidding. She sits him down and she fires him. Very dramatic fashion. Very Fantastic. dramatic fashion. Actually, I feel like she does it pretty quickly. Yeah. Like, you know when you deliver bad news? Like, hey, so-and-so yeah. died, or you're fired, or uh, hey, let's do a podcast. <laughs> uh, you just got to rip off the bandage. Exactly. Uh, and she does that with him. And what's so funny is during that interaction, she's she's he's asking why he's fired. And she says, I don't know, maybe it's the like subtle misogyny or something <laughs> like that and she goes i know it's a big word ask one of your daughters which is Fantastic just a great line. which is just a great line from her and then she says you insist on wearing those shorts that allow me to see why does she give the testicles names so did she give the testicles names did he have the names of the testicles and provide them to her i i don't know i just know that she calls them liam and noah so it's a it's an oasis reference which is british band okay so good for you <laughs> i had to do a deep dive okay. on these testicles <laughs> Uh, Liam and Noah, <laughs> I believe, are the two brothers that fronted the band Oasis. Okay. And they broke up. And so that is a very British joke. Okay. Because I think I know one Oasis song, and I didn't know the names of either of the people. Apologies to all you Oasis heads, as I believe they're called. Most of the people that are going to like what we're doing here probably love Oasis. We're going to have a big, uh, you know, English audience to this pod. So. Sure, sure. I, I hope so. <laughs> so we get done with... Hold um, up, hold up. You yeah. never answer my question. How did they get... Did, again, she just she says the names of the two testicles. She gives them both the names. Why does she give them names? My assumption is at some point he was like... Are these guys bald? Are the Oasis guys like bald with like little tiny bits of hair? That kind of makes her think of that? I do don't... We not, do we not want to go there? I don't know that I want to go down the okay. road you're taking us. That's fair. That's uh, fair. My assumption is that he names them and talks about them all the time. Okay, that's fair. Or she's just quite clever and funny, which she is, so maybe she just comes up with it. Okay. She then introduces the fact that she already hired a replacement, and his name is Ted Lasso. And that brings in our signature guy... Ted Lasso, who actually the show is named after. I don't know if you knew that. It is. Um, <laughs> a little fast back for you. Yeah. Played by <laughs> Jason Sudeikis. And they introduce him in a really cool way. How do they introduce Ted Lasso? They introduce him through... I know you know the name. Who's the sports Scott center? Scott Van Pelt. Scott Van Pelt, which I feel... I don't really watch a whole lot of sports center. He was always kind of like the sports center front man, but now he kind of has his own show, his own sure. gig. So again, fantastic way to introduce a character... Uh, kind of showing all of his uh, previous coaching through Wichita State, which is what Double A college football, uh, and I guess gained the fame from 
him doing some kind of viral dance. Yeah, he, I he, do think at a certain point we need to record ourselves doing that oof. Uh, dance, but that is for later thoughts. I pulled a muscle thinking about that idea. <laughs> yeah, we find out that this Ted Lasso is a American football coach at a not top tier school, mm-hmm. but a lower level Wichita State, and in one season took him to the championship. And so now he's being sent to Europe to manage a football club. Club. Crush it. I've got this. I'm so international. Did you know that's what FC stands for? Richmond FC? Football club. Yeah, I'm sure I knew that. Blew in your mind. Deep recesses of my mind. I didn't give it a lot of thought. I said everybody's learning stuff tonight. Yeah, I don't know. It's great. Uh, we are learning a lot of things. And then it opens us up to we're on the plane with Ted Lasso and Coach Beard. Coach I don't Beard's wanna... my favorite. I love me some Coach Beard. So Coach Beard is played by Brendan Hunt. Do you know him from anything else? I don't. He is not a recognizable character to me. So the only thing I knew him from and I could recognize him from is the episode of Community. He plays the homeless guy that Britta and Shirley pick up who turns out to be a crazy person who thinks he's Jesus. That's okay. the same actor. Well, I'm going to go back and watch that now. I believe he was in the original commercials with Jason Sudeikis, and that's why they brought him back. Fair. What's so great about this is, very quickly, just solid writing in the show, we kind of find out who these two guys are through their interaction on the plane. Mm-hmm. Jason Sudeikis is reading a Jack Kerouac book, and Coach Beard is reading... <laughs> Football for Dummies, or yeah. well, no, it's like the it's, he has football for dummies like on his lap, but he's reading something yeah, else. Yeah, like he's triangles reading, of like success. The, yeah, the triangles, which is like a, a soccer book. And Lasso makes a comment that he's a sponge, that he's reading another soccer book, whereas Jack Kerouac is like a hippie writer who just wrote Stream of Consciousness. Okay, I know we've talked about this before. I still didn't do any read. research on Jack Kerouac. I just know the name. I've never read anything by him. I'm sure he's great. And so we, we find out very quickly, like, one is kind of the Jack Kerouac, I guess, reading for pleasure, or just for reading for experience, and then Coach Beard is learning from, like, a technical standpoint. Yeah, you've got the emotion, the heart, and then you've got the technical, the know-how. Right. And then they make a joke. I always want... Is it an Inception joke? He says something. They're both about to fall asleep because the cabin lights are dimming. <laughs> yeah. They're flying to Europe from, I don't know, Kansas, I guess, Kansas City. <laughs> and... Or I guess it would be Wichita, not Kansas City. I don't think Kansas City or, or Wichita would fly direct. They might need to go to like maybe Fort Worth or New York first. But what other cities with major airports yeah. can we name during this time? Um, Let's not do that. Okay. So he makes a comment, which is a very funny exchange about, hey, if we meet each other in our dreams, let's act like strangers. Or like, let's pretend but we they, don't know each other. It's like, right, stranger. It's a great line. <laughs> it's a great line. <laughs> Is that in? Do they talk into touch? Yes, this is where the into touch starts. Okay, explain, Tom. Yep. Explain, our resident football expert. Yeah, this is admittedly a phrase I don't hear often. Into touch, obviously, being a, a pseudonym in football for out of bounds. So, obviously, uh, Coach Beard. None of this is obvious, by the way. You've said obvious a couple of times. None of this is obvious to any of us. Well, okay, that's fair. Um, but yeah, Coach Beard reading his book tells him about the into touch, which is football for the ball going out of bounds. So obviously Ted Lasso, no understanding of this, but kind of uses it in that context later in the episode, which I think is probably the best joke in the episode. Does he make the bet then? 
Uh, I believe so. I he, believe he says at that point, if I can use InterTouch by the end of the day or whatever. In a, in a yeah. sentence, yeah. you owe me $5. Mm-hmm. Which is just, again, it shows kind of the relationship between the two of them, like how close they are. They, like, the cheesy stuff they pick up on, mm-hmm. like the silly stuff they pick up on. Um, so one of the questions I have going through the seasons and the next seasons is how long have these guys been together like what's that relationship how has it grown yeah well they do backstory on the characters and kind of how they came to be and met because they're certainly a perfect dynamic from like a coaching standpoint got it the other thing that i think is important during the airport is he looks at his phone and he's clearly got a son and wife Mm -hmm. not on the plane with him he's left them behind to travel And I'll say this too, and I I think again why this show hits me very well. I mean, obviously I've only seen the first episode, but um, I think it's written extremely well. But a lot of good television to me, it shows, it doesn't tell. So they don't just tell you all the things that are happening. So the newspaper in the beginning of the show, that kind of shows the new... Uh, or the previous owner being sacked and her taking over, the pictures on the phone. All that subtle stuff to me is just so much more impactful as opposed to you know, actors staring at the screen and just telling you what's going on. Right. Beard doesn't go, hey, I bet you miss your wife and son right now, huh? Yeah. And then, like, stares at the camera. Exactly. So they arrive at the airport. Quick scene. Once again, just establishing, like, character of these guys. There's a taxi driver there. They learn his name. Mm -hmm. Like, they they ask him his name. They kind of chat with him. He offers to take their bags. They decline. We packed them, we'll carry them. They packed them, we'll carry them. One of the things I enjoy is Ted uh, tells Beard he didn't sleep at all. He's like, I was trying to sleep. They dim the lights. <laughs> Next thing I know, they're handing out warm chocolate chips and we're landing. And Coach Beard goes, I didn't get a chocolate chip. And Ted Lasso goes, that's not part of the story. He goes, did you eat my chocolate chip? And Ted goes, that wasn't, this is not part of the story. Like, clearly he's stolen Beard's uh, chocolate chip cookie. And so... They uh, make their transition to the uh, the clubhouse. They do. They do a quick stop to the tower of the tower bridge. Tower bridge. The London, London bridge. bridge. Yes, of course. Which is again, it's a great little thing. But yeah, then they get to uh, the clubhouse. And they go on to, and you can tell it's kind of a um, an interesting mo- moment for uh, Ted Lasso because he enters and he is looking out over the green, like all the grass. And just the way the music is, the way it's shot, Mm -hmm. you can just kind of tell this guy, you know, I don't know how to, I mean, say it other than he loves like a playing field. He loves where like competition or sports happens. So they walk down and they walk onto the field, which is not called the field. It is called... It's called the pitch. The pitch. Pitch. Okay. And this is where Tom is going to give us uh, the origin of the term pitch. Well, pitch originally originated back in 1942 uh, in baseball. That's not any accurate statement. But any idea why it's called the pitch? Uh, I don't know. Should we have looked up that word before I started asking you these questions? Nah, nobody probably cares. Well, I assume it all comes back to American baseball because I'm... That's where I was going. <laughs> Assuming the audience cares or they equate pitch to a baseball pitch. Uh yeah, I don't know. We'll look it up. We'll figure it out at some point. So he walks out on the grass. He's feeling the grass. It's like a religious moment for him. And all of a sudden, a character from across the stadium is running in, <laughs> screaming at them, waving them off, saying, get off the pitch, get off the pitch. And this is where we meet Nate or Nathan. Does he go by Nate or Nathan? I think they call him Nate. I think they do. I don't know what he introduces himself as, but I feel like I've... Maybe he says Nathan and he says Nate. Yeah, he becomes... Oh, I think it... Because he makes a comment about 
the hot dogs. Oh, do you have Nathan's mm. hot dogs out here? And he doesn't get the joke because they don't have Nathan's <laughs> hot dogs out there. But inter- I mean, interesting once again interaction with with Nate and them is they like learn his name, genuinely care about like who he is, mm-hmm. and you can just tell like Nate whose job is uh, he's the equipment manager. Do you know right. what it's called? Is it different? Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Maybe oh, you know I, this oh, I don't. You know what? I think I'll I can't hold it, it over you. All right, fair. Uh, he's called the Kit Man. Really? The Kit Man. Oh, Kit. Do you know what kits are? I know. Uh, I mean, I've put together kits. I've put together model kits. I've put to, it's K-I-T. <laughs> kit. K-I-T. Yes, I know what a kit is. Okay, but what is what is the kit in soccer terminology? This is great because you thought you had this on me I and you're immediately losing you. all credit. Okay, all credit. a kit is a cat that you're mad at. No, kits are their jerseys. So their uniforms is a kit. Oh. So you got your away kit, your home kit. Like that's kind of that. Thing. So as an, he's an equipment manager, he kind of handles all their kits and probably he's obviously a kit man. Stuff. So he, okay. But like our cleats... Shin guards are those included in a kit or is it just a jersey? So. Yeah, I mean he's going to be like as an equipment manager. You see his role at the uh, thing later on when they're actually in. Uh, I guess it's the clubhouse that you would call it. Yeah, you know, all the players are kind of coming in. They're throwing their their jerseys and stuff, which I, I hate personally because I think like a person like that that does so much work. Uh, I know it's a comedy and all that kind of stuff. But a person that does so much work for the team, kind of. Uh, uh, outside of the spotlight, and these guys are treating them like just complete garbage, oh, and throwing their jerseys yeah. on them, and all that stuff. When I think in a lot of modern sports locker rooms, or at least I would hope, um, people treat those guys a lot better. Yeah, that's where you uh, you get the sense when they meet Nate, and he's like surprised. It they want to know his name, yeah. they want to know about him, and they always do this funny thing where they like they ask him a question. And it's like he doesn't, he's not expecting to have to answer it. Yeah, me. And then they just like stare at him, waiting, like, you know, to answer simple things like, how are you? Like, what's your name? What do you do here? That sort of thing. So Nate ends up taking them up to meet Rebecca and Higgins. Not Rebecca Higgins, Rebecca and Higgins. Uh, And they are meeting for the first time in the office. And that is where we get hot brown water. Yeah great joke on that one uh i think that the preface of it is you know he's obviously still very jet lagged because he didn't get to sleep on the uh, plane uh so he asked her for something kind of caffeinated cappuccino mochaccino really anything caff or coffee related uh i think he makes a joke too about it not tasting like coffee so oh yeah he's like yeah i'd like something caffeinated any coffee related but doesn't taste like coffee which is how some of us take our coffee and then of course she immediately says how do you like your tea um and then i believe his line is uh uh, well, I don't know. I mean, do you have the, the details? I want to. No, 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 no. You you kill it. What, what's I'll kill the... it. So I mean, ultimately, it's the uh, how'd you like your tea? Generally, oh, see now I'm gonna butcher it. Something about sending it back because it's garbage. He's like, generally, I don't. I send it right back because someone's made a terrible mistake. Yes, it's something it. along those lines. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, then uh, proceeds to taste it, see if uh, see if he likes it. Says it tastes then like garbage water yeah hot, hot garbage hot water. brown water he goes i was thought tea would taste like hot brown water i was right no thank you and he like very politely puts it down very politely puts it down it's rebecca and, and ted at this point because um higgins has gone with coach, coach beard to go get some things and one of the things they say ted goes don't forget about the humidifiers or yeah. like and beard like finishes his sentence and he i was knows, like yeah why are humidifiers so important in these people's lives? The only thing I, the only humidifier experience I've ever had is with like a congested cat 
which is probably oh not medical doctors this is not <laughs> medical advice and like nosebleeds when i was a kid because it's so dry out here uh we would put like a humidifier in a room it's notoriously not dry in london i mean where it's all set because it just rains constantly there so i wouldn't imagine a humidifier is something you need so maybe that's part of the joke as well okay so it's humid there i would assume so if it rains all the damn time right and they're right on a river so that probably adds to it yeah that's what it's called (laughs) yeah that's right then they go on the tour she is kind of explaining the club history once again very well done looking at pictures on the wall and ted just happens to point at one and says hey i really like (laughs) this guy what's his deal and it turns out it's the former owner rebecca's ex-husband and he's surrounded by like models in the trophy Mm -hmm. so she lets him know well that's my ex and great moment like obviously he's made like a faux pas he's put his foot in his mouth by making a comment but then he says very genuinely he asks her like oh i heard about that Mm -hmm. you know i heard about the scandal i heard about you got cheated on he doesn't say it in those words but it's hey i heard about that how are you holding up she she, i think she's kind of taken aback Mm -hmm. and what i'm realizing right now is we never said in the very beginning in that first conversation with higgins and her how she or is it in this moment where she explains that she only hired him to mess up that's after the upcoming press conference i believe and like while they're sitting outside in front of the cars she had mentioned like i hired lasso to burn this team down or no it is it is after the conference room scene which which is coming up so ted lasso does the press conference he comes out he leaves with uh, Coach okay. Beer, and then he talks to Higgins. So and, I've jumped the yeah. gun. For some reason, I thought it got brought up in that first conversation with her and Higgins. But you're right. It's I after feel the like press conference. It's, it's kind of implied in, somewhere. I think it's implied with kind of that character, like how ruthless and like how, how that relationship kind of was, how she kind of treats Higgins. It doesn't seem like she's Cares about yeah, them. in it to win it, if you will, for right. this club. Right. After he asks her how she's doing, she says, hey, you know, the press interested in meeting you he, he makes a comment about you know after a couple of days i'll be ready she's like well they're here it forces him into the conference room and you have this really cool well done kind of three storylines going where it has um him in the conference room caught off guard and then you have the people watching the mm-hmm. the three, press yeah. conference yep. and so it's the three guys in the, in the pub not a bar but a pub <laughs> I, that one's pretty common. We have pubs out here. <laughs> I don't get any internet points for that one. You know, no, 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 no. Yeah, that one. No one learned that a pub and a bar are the same thing today. And then the other is the players, the actual players, watching from the locker room. And that's the first real introduction. There was kind of like some B-roll of the players kind of mm-hmm. on the pitch, kind of training and stuff. But that's the first time you actually kind of see some of that character development. Right. So the team that Lasso is there to coach, you see these guys walk in, watching the, the press conference. And the scene cuts in between those. It's very it's very cool. You get to see the diehard fans in the pub call him names. Because immediately the press is asking this lower tier football coach american football coach what he knows about soccer or football and you just get some great moments does he take the water in the beginning i think the very first thing he does is when he sits down tries the water he's like oh didn't realize that was bubbly and shoots it all over the place they give him sparkling water <laughs> it's a it's a it's a funny gag which runs through the episode a couple of different times and we had talked about this because i don't really like you look at that water in the scene like it's not really bubbly it's not it's not car is it carbonated I don't yeah. know. I guess I don't know what fizzy water is or what it. So it's like, uh, well, it's like the fancy stuff people order when they're fancy. It's like Pierre. 
Pierre, it's the, it's carbonated water. Okay. And not to get fancy on you, <laughs> please. But uh, I back. once traveled abroad, uh, and they do kind of give you they give you fizzy water, and then they charge you for it. Whereas here in the U.S. of A., you go to a restaurant, you just get water with ice. Uh, overseas in Europe, we would never get a non-carbonated. We would have to ask specifically for it, and we'd have to ask for ice in it. And I'm sure they all hated us, generally. But uh, yeah, fizzy water. So they ask him questions. We get some great reporters. Uh, Trent Krim from the Independent. Yeah, great reporter. Great hair. Great man. Yeah, What's so funny is he, he Trent stands up. He. He, he identifies himself, and Ted goes, hey, man, love your glasses. And Trent, like, takes them off, looks at them, and, like, puts them away as if Ted complimenting him was either him realizing, hey, these glasses suck, and he put them away like he didn't like the compliment, or that's kind of how I took it. He was like, oh, this dumb guy that's taken over our football club likes my glasses, so these glasses must be crap. Yeah. Is that how you took that joke? I think so, yeah, because again, he's like, as a, assuming a cynical reporter, kind right. of the way he is, I don't think he takes any of those kind of compliments kindly, or is used to getting them when he's uh, interviewing or asking That questions. was the other thing. I wasn't sure if he's like, he's surprised by the compliment because he follows up that receiving that compliment, and maybe he's got off guard because he knows what his question is, because yeah. his question is, you, or, and he prefers it with You've only coached at an amateur level, yep. like a sub-amateur level. You, you've never coached soccer. You've never been overseas or something <laughs> along those lines. And then he says, is this, is this a bleeping joke? Mm -hmm. Which in itself is an offensive question. I don't think it's far off. And what's funny is it cuts the people in the pub, and the pub guy goes, Thank you! Yeah, he's like, I love the press, which no one has ever said. Uh, yeah, ever. Notoriously, like, the, uh, the firms or supporters for these teams hate the press. Like, they hate journalism, they hate all that kind of stuff, because they feel they're always, you know, kind of crapping on their teams. Sure. So, for them to, like, in that first episode, yes, we love journalists, it was just great. And then we roll into, like, a montage of quick-fire questions at Lasso, and you can just tell he's... He's caught off guard. We, he does do the bit or the joke where he says, you know, no matter what, win or lose. And then someone in the crowd goes, or tie. And he's like, oh, that's right. You guys do, do ties out here. And then he says something like, no, you know, four quarters. And they're like, abs. two abs. Yeah. He's like, oh. And so you, it's just clear he has not done the research. But he's a people coach. He's mm -hmm. not a... You know, and that's what we find out as we go through the episode. For him, it's more important about uh, it's more important for the for the players themselves for him to have that connection. And then he gets saved from all the reporters screaming at him by Rebecca, who steps in yep. and she brings up a really great point. One of the better jokes of the of the episode. Yeah, I love when she comes in because she just throws it out there she's thinking what everybody's thinking in the room about uh the team's been mediocre they've been mediocre for a long time they haven't won any set or uh any tournaments any sort of major hardware uh trophies call them hardware they call them hardware over there hardware yeah Is, are you being for real right now yeah call them hardware i'm gonna look that up you can get a lot of hardware. but they, they haven't been successful and then she kind of lays the cards on the table just kind of saying um you know this press this press room has never been as full as it is now, which almost makes me think like I don't know like from her character's perspective, does she is she playing this like I'm putting Ted Lasso in because maybe the team's gonna fail 
but maybe this is going to be brilliant because I'm getting a lot mm. of press for this. I like I can make something out of this. Like, is it just to be a dog and pony show, or is there something more sure. uh, behind her her intentions? I, I don't know yet. But yeah, then she comes in uh, and she talks about the mediocrity. Uh, but uh, my, one of my favorite like little parts is where she's just being so sternly serious. Um, and of a course, reporter mutters. Yeah, a por- reporter mutters like. She says we haven't we we've been terrible for a long time. And he's, he's like, like he's, he's like, like we haven't been that it hasn't been that bad yeah. or something like that. And, and he's God, now, again, this is terrible for the pot. I can't remember what the word was. What did she say? She's like, Isn't that true? Or Am I wrong? She's am like, I wrong? Am I wrong? There it is. There's like, Am I wrong? And she's like, Well, that's another and just stares at him. Am I wrong? And the expression on yeah, this reporter's face, face of the just dejection. He's just like, like No. No. Yeah. This is great. I love it. So you get the sense that they've been a mediocre football club like bringing in a coach like this because what has worked in the past has not worked like they haven't achieved any level of success so why not try something different yeah which brings us to they they walk out of the locker room they send ted he doesn't oh he ends the conference by spitting out more bubbles right yep oh yeah oh because he's so nervous he's like sweating and he yeah yeah Oh, because his final line is, sorry I spit all over your stuff. Yeah. As, as he the press. And recorders and all that stuff in front of him. Fantastic. <gasps> Great so, exit. So then he, uh, they leave, because Rebecca saves him. They're in the hallway. And then I think he asks if he could go introduce himself to the players. He leaves. And then we have this conversation between Higgins and Rebecca. And Higgins is like, I like him. And you could tell she's he's just trying to kiss. He's a uh, yes man. Yeah, he's a yes man for her. He's trying to <laughs> tell her that she made a good decision by hiring him and she immediately reveals he's a wanker <laughs> which can I'm we not say really, wanker Is yeah that... i think so okay if mike no wanker's fine if mike kid walked around saying <laughs> wanker i would laugh <laughs> so hard and then he'd say it in front of his grandmother and i'd get in trouble but that's when it's revealed from rebecca that she has hired ted to fail because the only thing her ex-husband loved was the club Mm -hmm. and he just spent all his time on it so if she can drive it into the ground in order to hurt him she'd do it yeah so get her true intentions and then she obviously has the very graphic discussion of what she wants to happen to her her ex uh and they got the gif gif conversation so it's brought up i've got to ask you is it gif or is it gif no i think it's gif i think everyone can agree it's gif gif sounds too much like a peanut butter accurate and yeah, the joke, she wants to see him in pain. Like, uh, I think she describes it a uh, a splintered cricket bat. It's a cricket bat. Which is like a baseball bat, Listen, but for... you don't need... Okay, you're, you're, you're describing cricket bats. I would say, don't go too far into what she wants to do with said cricket bat. I brought up a lot of testicle humor early on, and you didn't want me to go there. And I don't really want you to go into cricket bat uh, areas. That's fine. Penetration. Um, okay, so then we see the, they go out and they watch practice, which isn't called practice, it's called training. Training. So they go out and they watch training. Can't keep a gaffer from the pitch. I'm 0 for 2 in that one, coach. That's what he says. I'm 0 for 2 in that sentence. I'm 0 for 2 in that sentence. So he's trying to figure out what all this terminology means because he's done no research. And that's Ted Lasso that is trying to figure this out while uh, Coach Beard is explaining most of it to him. They do this running gag where he asks a question, and I'm going to butcher this, so I shouldn't even go into it, but they ask a question trying to get, like, three similar words together. He's like, so if I'm a gaffer doing, like, playing cards on the practice field, you'd be a 
gaffer playing pitch on the pitch or okay. something. They have this running joke that they do in multiple episodes where they ask those questions just to like hear the funny. Uh, yeah, what it would be like into pitch being out of bounds, right? And again, how Ted Lasso hears that as opposed to it just being a term for something specific. He just tries to literally take that term, insert it into something else that sure. he knows, like throwing into pitch and out of bounds with that line, which is great. Right. So we are on the pitch. We're walking, watching the soccer. And as I watch the soccer, I'm just thinking, man, they got all the best players in the world on this field. They're doing their soccer stuff. Everyone looks like an athlete. Just, I mean, as a soccer guy myself, it just looked like everything was going right on that field. Uh, but we're introduced to... Well, Tom, what would, what do you think of the soccer being played on the field? It's fine. It's passable. Like we said in the beginning, like this is not, it's not a, a show about... Show, yeah. Yeah, it's not a show about soccer. I mean, some of the you know shots they take, like the guy shoots it into the center of the goal and the goalie like kind of dives the other way, easily lets it go mm. through. Or they kind of end it with a little bicycle kick, which, you know, Ted Lasso was a great line from that one um, about like, man, it looks like a kitty cat finding a cucumber, being surprised by a cucumber, which... <laughs> One of my favorite lines from that, and of course, I had to do a deep dive and look into that. Have you ever seen a video of a kitty cat and a cucumber? No, I thought he was just, I thought it was just like an alliteration of, an alliteration is probably the wrong word, but just using like the the word sounding similar, yeah. I didn't realize it was anything more than that. It's, it's more than that. It's fantastic. Uh, it's literally cats sitting in front of their water bowl, their food bowl, whatever, and a person will just literally slowly put a cucumber behind said cat so they don't know it's there. The cats will turn around, see the cucumber, and just bounce 20 feet in the air. And that for some reason, it scares the living daylights out of cats. So they're not playing with the cucumber. They're no. being scared by the cucumber. They just don't know the cucumber's there. They maybe think it's a mouse or maybe it's a snake. And I think what, what he's doing is, because that guy does a bicycle kick, so he kind of jumps in the air. Oh, yeah. What's that called? Back. What's that called where, where you go upside down and you kick a ball? It's a, it's a bicycle kick or kind of like a half volley kind of thing, what, what he kind of did. Doesn't have a cool name? Yeah, bicycle kick is pretty cool, right? Now, yeah. I've never ridden a bicycle upside down. It is an odd term. It is an odd term. Is it because your leg? Any you can call it like a scissor kick. You've heard it kind of uh, potentially interchangeable. I'd, I'd more refer to it as like a half volley. I've used kinda... scissors upside down, so that makes sense. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, but again, great. If you haven't gone down the YouTube rabbit hole of kitty cats and uh, cucumbers, it's kind of odd if you haven't due to you know kitty cats being 90% of the internet nowadays. We contemplated wearing kitty cat uh, outfits doing this podcast, but... We decided against it. We decided just kitty cat undergarments. <laughs> just undergarments. <laughs> We're introduced on the pitch. This is why, by the way, this pod was supposed to or VOD maybe 20 minutes, half an hour podcast. We're 45 minutes in and because uh, <laughs> of all the kitty cat cucumber talk. But I'm having a great time. I thought I paid for a full hour. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So while they're practicing on the pitch, we're introduced to a couple of the players, yep. which will become main characters. Spoiler um, alert. We have... <laughs> I mean, it's a show. The, the people in it are characters on these, it. These characters could have been killed off in episode two. Now I know they're here for the oh, The show is mostly a murder mystery. Um, <laughs> where Mayor from Pants... Anyways. So we find uh, the characters are Roy Kent... Your impressions of Roy Kent, played by a gentleman by the name of Brett Goldstein. Yeah, I mean, he's a classic kind of like a player-coach kind of guy where he is a veteran. Uh, he's kind of training the guys on there. He probably, you can kind of get a sense for him just kind of pushing the guys around and yelling at them that he realizes they've got a new coach. He's kind sure. of stepping into that coach role. 
He's um, he's definitely you see him on the field. He's directing traffic. He seems a bit angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and all this you're learning about these players through Nate and Coach Beard explaining them to yep. uh, Coach Lasso. Yeah. So what's funny is Beard knows these players. Nate knows the players because he's the kit man. Ted Lasso has no idea who any of these guys are. Well, so. and Beard's terminology for Roy Kent is just great. Like he's like a box to box midfielder. Okay. Um, so kind of literally going, you know, from one he's end of the boxing. pitch to the other. Bad <laughs> exactly. joke. Sorry, that's terrible. Uh, joke. Goes from one end of the pitch to the other. Um, so again, it's just funny to, to see that quick dynamic where you know they're in the plane, they're going to England. Coach Beard's just reading books, but now he's immediately not even twenty four hours later. Or 12 hours later, I guess. He's pushing out the terms. He knows all about this guy. Sure. Knows he played for Chelsea, who was one of my favorite soccer teams in the Premier League. Um, uh, kind of mentions that Chelsea won eight years Dude, ago. Tottenham and Chelsea play each other? Yes, Tottenham. Ch- Tottenham. You sound weird if you call it Tottenham. Tottenham. Yeah, Tottenham. Nate makes a comment. He goes, oh, he won a championship. Champions League. And then I think Beard says, yes, but... Doesn't Beard kind of shoot it down like eight seasons ago or something? Yeah, absolutely. So you get the you get the sense that uh, Roy Kent is like a veteran, kind of tail end of his. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a Frank Lampard, if you will. <laughs> I'm gonna let that one lie. <laughs> uh, if you guys have questions about that, leave it in the MySpace comments or direct. <laughs> no, no, no. There you go. MySpace comments is great. And then I think they talk about Jamie Tart. Jamie Tart. Uh, young guy I think it's kind of established even in that shot that he's a bit of a ball hog and he I think he like does he do the bicycle kick and then someone offers to help him up and he slaps the hand away and something along those lines and they ask Nate they go oh you know Jamie what do you think of Jamie and Nate's only response is well he's really good at football and like (laughs) you can just get the sense that not a likable guy yeah super handsome I think I'm allowed to call him handsome yeah uh, and he is played by Phil Dunster. Oh man! Any Love of these guys? Dunsters. Any of these guys so far? Have you ever seen him in anything else other than the no. like the players? But I'd love to dive into that Dunster. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> uh, that's a great. Uh, and then the other one they talk about is Sam Obasanya. Yeah. <laughs> I almost got it. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, and it's, Obasanya is that what it is? Yeah, that sounds right. And they establish he's from Nigeria. Nigeria. Yeah, yeah Nigeria. And then Ted Lasso's blown away that people from other countries play on this team. I think it starts with them saying that, uh, who's the, the Tart guy, the kind of like the young hothead. Uh-huh. They say he's from like, uh, is he from, oh, he's got to be from England. He's like, no, he's from Wales. It's like, how many countries we got in this country? Four. Yeah, it was great. Four, the Nate yeah. and Beard both saying four. Four. At the same time. Yeah, so most Americans that are listening to this are probably learning that there's four countries inside of. Yeah. Can uh, you name them? Can I name them? Okay. Really? <laughs> Wales? Uh, England? Uh, Can I say Ireland? Sure. I don't know them, so. Um, and then the uh, bottom of the top right one. Uh, Wessex. Wessex. No, Northumbria? Wessex. <laughs> Saxony? Uh, wherever Uhtred, Whatever Uhtred, the, Uhtred son is from. Clearly England is the last game. That's the show we're doing next. That's also a soccer show. <laughs> um, this leads us from the from the pitch to the locker room. Ted Lasso wants to introduce himself to the players. So players are coming in. We see them harassing the kit man, Nate, just mm-hmm. being kind of general bullies to him. 
And this is, once again, you're kind of building that Nate is a downtrodden guy that works hard, and they just kind of mm-hmm. treat treat him like garbage. Yep. Jamie Tart, the star player, is wearing a tracksuit that I could only describe as if you ever had to cover a textbook and you bought like the stickers that covered a textbook and they were just like an outrageous pattern. Aren't they like floral print? I feel like it reminded me of like my grandma's wallpaper. Or like a couch. Yes. Nice jacket who shot the couch is what the line should have been. No, I like that. I would have laughed. <laughs> That's from Beverly Hills Ninja. That's the extent of my knowledge. Most of my comedy comes from 90s movies. Sure, sure, sure. No, 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 I'm with you. He has a hat on that says Icon, yep. which I don't know if that's meant to be ironic or I guess based on the character and kind of how he's perceived, I don't know that it's irony. I, I think, think he's just... He probably doesn't even know it is. Right. Coach Lasso starts to address the team and then we are introduced to Keely. Mm. Keely, attractive. He comes into the locker room. She interrupts his speech, and she she's picking up Jamie Tart because she's Jamie Tart's girlfriend. Rather than stick around to hear the introduction of the speech, Jamie departs. And what I think is interesting during that shot is it flashes to Roy Kent, and you can kind of see his reaction to Ted letting Jamie leave. Like rather than kind of putting Jamie in line and being like, "Hey, you know, hang tight. I'd like mm-hmm. to inter- I'd like to introduce myself." Like, taking control, he lets Jamie essentially walk over him. Although, I don't know, it's kind of a weird situation. So Jamie leaves, you see Roy Kent, who clearly is not a fan of Jamie, hmm. kind of disappointed in... At least that's what I got out of it. Did you get that no, that's, same? that's fair, because then you bring that up, I don't think I, I caught that. But I think that's a fair assessment, because as we know Ted Lasso's character, he is a sports guy. Like, he knows... Just watching one training session, he can see that Roy Kent is the clear leader, captain of that team. So he allows him to, you know, step up and, and stop him from leaving or, or address that conversation as opposed to, you know, Ted Lasso coming in saying, I'm the coach and asserting his dominance. Like he knows how to handle a locker room, is my assumption. Yeah. I think the other thing it does is you kind of see Roy Kent like in Ted Lasso's corner a bit where he mm-hmm. like. He almost, like, wants him to control Jamie. Anyways, maybe I'm just reading too far in, but Roy Kent, I think the actor does a great job of kind of conveying these things. Um, Can we agree that chest hair on Roy Kent, just fantastic. Whereas uh, with the other guy, the icon is going to get waxed. Oh, yes, he's going to get waxed. You got that dichotomy, really. You got the the crafty veteran, the rookie, the hairy dude, the classic... Most yep. most classic shows and movies, that is the the dynamic. One's got to be Crazy Harry, um, and the other has to be... Uh, Planet of the Apes, you know, comes eh, to mind. Charlton Heston was pretty hairy in that movie. Any movie with a Moses-type character? Uh, I think that's actually also Charlton Heston. <laughs> I can only think of Charlton Heston <laughs> movies right now. Um, Bruce Almighty. Spartacus. Evan Almighty. Cheryl. Cheryl and <laughs> Anyways. Um, so then Ted kind of finishes the introduction. And what I mean by this is like Roy being in his corner is the next interaction we have is, is these two guys, uh, Coach Beard and Ted Lasso, are in their little office area adjacent to the locker room. 
Roy Kent walks by and Ted says, hey, you know, introduces himself one-on-one with Roy. Says, hey, you've got a, you've had a great career, you know, looking forward to working with you. Mm-hmm. And then Roy just gives a, which is, once again, why I think this is so great is I felt like Roy was going to be in his quarter mm-hmm. or like, and then Roy's comment just, to him yeah, is, yeah, he just shoots remember? him down. Yeah, I didn't, didn't think I'd have to spend the end of my career uh, with Ronald F. and McDonald. Right. right. Being coached it, by Ronald F. and McDonald. Literally calling it a clown show. I mean, yeah. it's, it's rough. And I, I, I remember watching that scene and thinking, like, exactly that. Like, he starts off that, you would assume he's going to be in his corner and just, boom, shoots him down. Yeah, calls him a clown. <laughs> leaves the, the locker room, and Ted turns to Coach Beard and goes, are you going to let him call you that? <laughs> and Coach Beard is like, I don't think he was talking to me. And just the exchange of those two, like Ted, uh, Ted not wanting to prove less of a man or just jokingly being like, oh, he insulted you. Well, but like, in, right. in the rest of that conversation about how they're going to win him back and how much worse he's oh, going to yeah, feel yeah. when you win him back, I, I got to imagine this is what brought you to the show or why you love the show because there's ways to react to a guy calling you a clown. Sure. And the way he reacts to it is just saying like, I get it. I know where you're coming from, but I know where I'm coming from. I know what I'm going to do with with you guys and with this team. Like again, it's that that mindset which is is tough. And to your point in the beginning, like what would Ted Lasso do to be able to have that mindset more in your life? Um, I think is a is a great thing. Yeah, he doesn't get upset at being called a clown. Yeah. He makes a, he throws a joke to Beard. Hey, are you going to let him call you that? And Beard's <laughs> like, I don't think he was talking to me. And then Beard says wait and see how mad he is when we win him over yeah. and that's uh, what, what you're talking about is also they're establishing like they've done this before like they've yeah. been in a hostile locker room where like maybe the team didn't like him maybe they thought they were folksy dudes from kansas yeah. like uh and so there's a confidence there that's so much fun hey we're gonna win these guys over yeah. like He's going to be best because he's going to like us eventually, which is just such a funny... Well, rather I, than reacting on the offensive of being right. like, oh, we're going to like punish that guy. It's like, that guy's going to like us at some point. Well, and it's fun too because I know you've seen the whole season, so you know if he truly has won him over. So I'm interested to see exactly how that relationship goes and if they kind of go back to that, that bit and, you know, reestablish like, yeah, we did win him over or, you know, what else happens that... Sure. Yeah, I won't tell you what happens. But it's pretty good. Yep. Then Keeley comes back uh, as Coach Lasso is trying to hang. Oh, they do the montage where they're straightening up the office. Yeah, that's great. Like, it's great. They look at each other, and it's like they can read each other's minds. Their desks that were facing away, they spin them around so they're staring at each other. They're putting up, like, the pyramid of coaching <laughs> from, like, I don't know, Bobby Knight. Maybe Bobby <laughs> Knight's not the right guy. It's, like, throw chairs is the top of the pyramid. It's like, it's like the Ron Swanson sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Triangle of excellence. Uh, they're putting up posters of, like, Ollie, and um, and then he's going out, and he's putting up, a uh, like, a handwritten or, like, a hand-drawn poster that just says believe. <laughs> and he's kind of, he's trying to tape it, and Keeley comes back to get Jamie's phone. Uh, and it's interesting because... Ted is in Jamie's locker for some reason. I think he's just staring at there's the pictures on the wall. I don't even know why he's over there, but yeah, he essentially he looks into Jamie's locker and there are these scantily clad pictures of women, which is just a classic Jamie move. <laughs> and one of them is of Keely and he is they're not all of Keely. I assume they were all of Keely and different cuz I don't think he would have 
multiple pictures of oh, like, no. random women. Oh, I, I think he's the type of guy that would. I, I don't disagree, but I also feel like as we get to know Keely a little bit more, I think when you first get introduced to her, you think she's just kind of some bimbo model kind of thing, but mm-hmm. you realize she's got a lot of depth in her character, the way she interacts with Ted, sees Ted, um, and what he does kind of with the picture, which I'm sure we'll get to. But I don't think she'd be game for him having all these pictures in there. We can go back and look, but I thought they were different modeling pictures of her. I'll do a deep dive. Okay. I'll do a deep dive. I'll freeze frame it. I'll, <laughs> I'll figure it out. Um, but what we see is is that Ted Lasso, there's clearly some nudity on this photo of Keeley, and he has taken the tape, and he has put it over the the northern regions. Yes, her, uh, her breasticles. Ooh, that's twice you've used a testicle-adjacent <laughs> term. No, but I think that's what he was doing when when she comes in. He was he saw the pictures from across the room. Mm. He had the tape in his hand. He wanted to put the tape so over. So he censored the Yeah, he pictures. wanted to censor the picture. And obviously her coming into the room, you know, she startles him. He hits his head in the locker room. She, you know, her immediate impression is like, this guy's getting his jollies off by looking at his pictures. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, because she knows what's in Makes there. Makes him seem like a creep. And yeah, and then at the end of the scene when she kind of, you know, or not even the end of the scene, I think she sees it. At that point, she, yeah, she looks into the locker. She sees that he's clearly taped over, like, her nudity. Mm-hmm. And you can tell she's, uh, I don't know, I guess she appreciates it. Yeah. And so then she introduces herself to him and, and she helps him put the poster up. She's trying to help him give directions yeah. on how it's level. She's like, oh, it looks great. She leaves the room. He walks into the office. Camera pans back. And it's just beautiful. The, the sign could not be more crooked the other way yeah, exactly. than what One, it was. And then she helps him cr- uh, So it just says, it just says believe up there, which is great. At the end of the day, uh, they're out in the parking lot. They apparently are getting a ride from Nate and his tiny car. They're squeezing everything into the car. Which is a great premise, too, because, like, with Lasso and Coach Beard coming, like, the fact that they don't set them up with a car right. and, like, all that other stuff, like, it's odd, though, because, like, they eventually get to a nice flats and have other seemingly sure. decent accommodations. They, you know, they picked them up in a car. Why they didn't have a car to take them back is, is right. like, odd. But, again, I think it's just a, an excuse to be able to kind of show Nate going to the Porsche and he's like, no, 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 this is mine. This here. is my car. This little green. It's like a Mr. Bean car. Yeah, stuffing into like, an, again, you got another clown reference. I'm stuffing in like a clown car kind of thing. Putting all the suitcases in the boot. Oh, wow. There's a term. In the parking lot is also Rebecca and Higgins mm-hmm. who are getting in. She's getting into her Roy's Royce where the doors close automatically. Pretty sweet car. Classic. Ted could not be more thrilled to be in the small car. <laughs> he does some joke about the the horn being on the wrong side. What I love about that scene, having watched it a ton of times, <laughs> is if you look at Beard in the back, he has a suitcase that is as big as him in front of his face on his lap, and he is just, like, smashed in the in the seat. And he just, he's got to go through all of Ted Lasso's bit, like, uncomfortable in the back seat, not complaining, just being Coach Beard. Then we have the conversation with Higgins and Rebecca where Higgins expresses he's like having indigestion because he feels so bad about them putting Ted Lasso in a position to fail. Rebecca, you know, makes the comment, hey, are you going to have trouble with doing like dishonest things? Mm -hmm. Uh, And she said, I find that surprising because you had no problem, you know, sneaking women in to meet with my husband while we were out to lunch or something. So you can tell, like just from that conversation, 
there's like a deep-seated resentment from her to Higgins, this kind of spineless, you think he's, you know, the spineless mm-hmm. guy because he was her husband's right-hand man. And it's interesting, too, I'm, I'm interested to see how the dynamic plays out because if she really knows that, why does she keep him on? Why right. does she make him the director of football operations kind of a thing? She promote, yeah, she promotes, she promotes him. Promotes him, that, yeah. Yeah, and so I'm more or less, yeah, more pay, better uh, salary to kind of keep your mouth shut kind of thing. And maybe that's why, because they have a rapport. She knows she can walk all over him and that he'll right. keep his mouth shut. Well, I think part of it is she's torturing him at the same time. Like, sure. she's running the club into the ground to get back at her husband. I mean, I think she thought that her and Higgins were legitimate friends back in the day, and mm-hmm. she discovered that he was part of the the deceit and the and the cheating, and so she essentially knows he's not going to find another job somewhere else. He's too <laughs> yeah. spineless to quit, so she's just going to like make his life uncomfortable. That's fair. Then they leave, and we see these guys walking through a really quaint kind of cobblestone alleyway and mm-hmm. they arrive at their flats <laughs> and what's very important about this moment is we did not bring up during the press conference um, we, did, we, we got I mean we didn't probably say the exact line but yeah they, the he, bet he that they made the on the pitch. plane to nothing will be or er, into nothing, touch <laughs> nothing will be into touch so when he's talking to the press he says my door is always open nothing will Nothing will be into touch, which is, again, he's trying to just take nothing, nothing will be out of, out of bounds. Yeah, just literally plug and play. And okay. he looks to Coach Beard on the side and, like, gives him a wink because yeah. he knows he's using the phrase. So when they get to their flats, Coach Beard hands him a $5 bill. He goes, what's this for? Yeah. He's like, into, into touch. Into touch, into touch. Yeah. yeah. And then goes back in. So they go their separate ways, too. But before we go on, too, again, I think that's just brilliant writing in sure. terms of being able to... You have a, a, a setup in the beginning of the episode. You have it pay off in the middle, and then you have him, you know, again just uh, touching it again on the right. End. So it hits all three uh, main points. Of the and episode. and the whole time establishing like the rapport between these two guys exactly. in yep. terms of how close they are. Like they've got inside jokes. They've got like habits. They're willing to give each other five dollars on a bet. <laughs> Incredible! Like what friends do that? Sure. They're millionaires. Um, so yeah, no, it's a great just kind of rapport build, and you and one of the things that like I love about the show, it grows on you as it goes, is the relationship between those two. And I think there's like uh, in my life, you you constantly see it. You see like the guy that's kind of like creative and the people person, and then the partner, whether or not it's a guy or a girl uh, on on either end, that's more of like the just the technical kind of steady does the does the work but like does more of the i don't know technical hard work and they complement each other yeah like well. one's kind of the rock and the other yeah right one's one's maybe my mom <laughs> my mom does this when she meets married couples she's like oh who's the dreamer and who's like the grounded one like because she just assumes that every marriage those people <laughs> there's one in. person and so like it forces that couple to be like oh well he's fun and i'm so that's what i think about when it comes to coach beard i think if my mom met ted lasso and coach beard she'd be like oh you're the dreamer uh and you're not the fun one i feel like i'd probably like I'm, a, I'm the coach beard of this relationship would you say i mean maybe it's too early on since we just met on dude we're both lassos you think we're both we're lassos? both lassos just yeah brilliant timing although we started this podcast by stating that 
you want to be more like Ted Lasso. So do you feel like you're I have, a lasso enough I now? feel like I've reached lasso. Wow. I feel like I've... First episode, I've, you've already lassoed. Well, I mean, I've watched the whole show many times. Okay. Uh, and I've been to the evaluations okay. at the Church of Lasso. <laughs> Church of Lasso, they say? Yeah, and I've done the, uh, the auditing. And yeah, there's auditing. I paid the money. I got audited. <laughs> I've reached lasso level. Uh, it's like zero six is the okay. is the top. Okay. Lasso zero seven is after you kill three people. Oh wow! Um, yeah, took a dark turn. Uh, <laughs> it's a Bond reference. They're in their flats. End of the episode. We get like some soft piano or soft oh, guitar. Yeah. And this is what Bill Lawrence does so well. Is mm-hmm. it's been you know it's been a comedy. It's been fun. And then you see Ted, Ted as he's walking around his flat. He's got like a welcome basket. He counts the numbers off. He's clearly doing the time difference between home. Mm-hmm. He calls home. Uh, he uses an iPhone, which is great because this is Apple TV. <laughs> Apple. Um, Apple notoriously doesn't allow uh, characters in movies, like if they're a bad guy, to use an Apple phone or an really? Apple product. Yeah, it's kind of like a known Apple thing. So if you ever see like a bad guy in a movie, they're using an Android. It would be interesting to watch this episode again and see if any of the people in it don't use an iPhone. They've got a and bunch that of like would determine who's the bad guy in the show. Ooh, yeah, it's like a like a meta reference and stuff. But I remember reading about. I'm sure there's more to it, and then the internet can tell me I'm wrong. But I know I have uh, read that at some point that because uh, Apple's obviously very tight knit about their brand. If Tom's wrong, uh, please <laughs> leave messages in the MySpace comments. He calls home, talks to his son. You get the sense that they're close, and then he's talking to his wife, and you get kind of this, it's almost like a gut punch at the end of the episode, where he's talking with her, he makes a comment that any of us would make. He's like, hey, it's beautiful out here, you and the boy should come out and visit, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you can't hear the conversation on the other line, which I think is a a great effect too, and Mm -hmm. and Jason Sudeikis does it so well, is she clearly like comments that the reason they did this was to have space and Mm -hmm. that she doesn't want to visit because they want to have space so now it's revealed well and i was just gonna say i think what makes this scene so powerful too is and again again i think the mark of a good show is to not be afraid of silence like mm, yeah. the time where he's sitting oh, on yeah, the phone, yeah. just not saying anything. And to your point, you're not hearing her perspective, what she's saying, because you don't know exactly the dichotomy of that relationship. But being able to allow that scene to breathe and those silences between the conversations, I think, is so powerful and makes right. that scene more emotionally resonating. And he does this thing where he like, there's sometimes he's almost like starting to yeah. like, and like as a man, you like want to interrupt <laughs> yeah. that conversation and be like, no, 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 but like he. <laughs> And so, and so it's revealed. Like him and his wife are clearly going through something. That's why he's alone out here, and and that's part of the trip. And then the episode ends with him. One of the running gags is, uh, "Hey, you've got to stay awake so that the jet lag doesn't." Because oh, he like the jet lag's a running joke. Yeah, during the well during, during the episode. episode. Oh, I thought you meant like throughout the series. No, he's constantly no, jet lag. Yeah, it's it's a full season of, of soccer, and he's jet lagged the whole time because his body doesn't work like normal people. But no, during the episode, like in the in the in their office, yeah, Ted asleep. is falling asleep, and and Beard clicks in his ears, and he's like, "Got to stay up, coach." I like that they call each other coach. It's yeah. just great. I was gonna mention that earlier. It it is odd to like because I know. 
does he call he calls him Coach Beard, but like Coach Beard does not call him Lasso. He calls him just Coach. He calls him his Coach. His name is Coach. My 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 thought being, it's a uh, a term of respect because he's yeah. the head coach. Yeah. Here's what's funny is when your child is of age to be on sports teams, <laughs> you will be a dad that helps on that sports team. So there will be like six or seven dads and moms that are helping coach pitch and you'll all be in the field you'll be moving kids around you won't do the due diligence to learn any other parent's name (laughs) so you will just call each other coach so there will be nine parents trying to wrangle seven-year-olds into a batting into a batting order and when you need to refer to another parent you'll be like hey coach even though you've played with this team for i don't know months on end so that's what i think about when they do that i'm speaking from my own life I think we were with the same group of parents for like three baseball sessions. Not a name. No one learned a name. So at the very most, I'd be like, hey, that's so-and-so's dad. And you're like, we've known each other for a year now. Okay, so we've made the point that Ted Lasso gets names immediately. Like Nathan, yeah, the, the, yeah. the drive, driver. Yep. Yet you have been with this team for three seasons and you still don't know these coaches' names. So I struggle to believe that you have hit Lasso level six, if that is the case. I know the coaches' names. You know the coaches' names now? I thought the whole thing was you were just calling everybody coach because you don't know their names. Oh, on the baseball team. team. In real life. Yes. I know their names. They don't know my name. I'm so-and-so's dad. I'm my son's dad or my daughter's dad. And I made a point. I will make a point of, like, saying their name just to see. Like, just No, they don't. But I'm not going to embarrass them. That's fine. It's important to me to know people's names. I, we're name tag one day. I apparently did not. Well, we, we quit baseball. It's way too hot to play baseball. <laughs> and baseball can be boring. Something we didn't hit. Our favorite parts of the... of the. Did uh, you wrap before you do that? Did you we wrap up the episode? Because we kind of transgressed into Beard and him. Is that kind of how it ends? Just him on the phone call? or does? Well, it ends with him, Ted Lasso, lying down, staring at the ceiling and go, crap, now I can't sleep. Uh, okay. uh, and the I thought should. being, because of the jet lag, he can't sleep or that he slept earlier. Mm-hmm. Favorite part of the episode, and that's and that's how it's end and, and ended. Wow, great episode! I enjoyed the whole thing. There's little gags in there that sometimes I don't find quite funny. I know you love certain things. Mm-hmm. One of the questions I have is: Does Ted Lasso believe in ghosts? Oh. <laughs> yeah, they have the uh, the reference to what uh, used to be on a hospital grounds or something to the so, players. So they're doing a tour of the club. Rebecca is showing them the pictures on the wall, and she makes a comment. At some point, the field was a hospital during the war, <laughs> which we're assuming is World War Two. No, wait, wait, wait. What, what was the war in Last Kingdom? What did Uhtred? That wasn't World War Two. I'm assuming that's the war she's referring to. Oh, you think it's? I, I do think you think it's, it's the battle uh, when the. Uh, England became a nation. Could be. In we the, don't know. Don't even, I'm not even going to embarrass myself right now. <laughs> uh, we're assuming World War II. He says something like, ooh, spooky. And she says, oh, Ted, do you believe in ghosts? And his line is, yes, but more importantly, I hope they believe in themselves. <laughs> Which is just a weird line. <laughs> I've I've watched the show a lot of times and I can't tell if he is being sincere, <laughs> which I think he is because he's Ted Lasso. Uh, my assumption is like maybe he is he's just constantly optimistic and constantly upbeat, but maybe his impression is like he wants the ghost to believe in themselves because as in order to pass on to the afterlife, you have to believe in yourself. 
something. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too far into it. Sounds like you've been doing some auditing at the Church of Lasso. Listen, they need to go seem to believe in themselves. Slimer didn't believe in himself. All right. Clearly. So, uh, the Gozarian did not believe in himself. Clearly an unanswerable question that we will be working on through the series (laughs) is whether or not he believes in ghosts. Hopefully we'll get that answer. My favorite part of the episode is any time that Ted Lasso and Coach Beard are interacting just like the inside jokes, the callbacks, uh, that relationship in itself, as I said, it's it's like, it's really well written, and they give these clues that these guys are close, they like each other, mm-hmm. you know, they're doing something crazy by going to coach a sport they don't know in another country where it's very important. How many teams are in the Premier League? It's uh, a good question. I should know that. I want to say... Is it 10? No, there's more than 10. Uh, they play 38 games in a season, so 16 teams. Okay. And it's Richmond, right? Richmond, FC Richmond? Richmond Wait, I'm FC. just not realizing that math doesn't work out. There's 16 teams. So in the Premier League, you play each team twice. Uh, you play yes, once and? At home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You play once at home, once away. Even when you're wrong, buddy. Yes, and? <laughs> yes, and. See, we're like an improv group. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know math, but yeah, but there's there's a handful of teams for sure. But FC Richmond would be part of that, right? Yes, like I mean they're 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 taking the place of another team because I think I, I've looked ahead just to see where some of like the uh, like the training ground or I think in future episodes they'll actually show them play games in a stadium. I think they use footage from uh, Crystal Palace's stadium, um, which I'm blanking on the name now. We'll have it for future episodes. Uh, but yeah, so they're, I th- I'm assuming they're taking the place of kind of Crystal Palace in that Premier League universe, if you will. Okay. As a soccer fan, I mean, does do you feel like it helps watching this show being a soccer fan? Is, are there like, were there jokes that you feel like you got that a normal, per- not a normal person, because <laughs> like, I think soccer is pretty popular globally. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, do you feel like being a soccer fan helped in terms of the comedy or like enjoying the show a little bit more as opposed to uh, fifth grade Julian who doesn't remember much about soccer? No, I do. I think it's fun, especially when it comes like the terminology and that kind of thing. And especially to where Ted Lasso is that uh, he is the audience because the audience is coming into the sure. probably a lot no, of Americans that are... Uh, they're into comedy, they're into Jason Sudeikis, but they don't really know soccer. So he's kind of a, um, a stand-in for the audience. But yeah, somebody like me, who's I grew up playing competitive soccer, uh, I still watch it a lot now. You know, I've got the local soccer team here that I support. Uh, it, it is We're fun. We're going to have to blur that out so people don't know It is fun, and I think some of those jokes probably land a little bit harder. And that's why I'm kind of interested. Again, I know the show is not soccer-centric, but I know they're going to throw in some different soccer things. Sure. Um, and I've watched, there's a lot of cool like documentaries and stuff out there where they do something obviously not similar to this show, but they um, kind of like a hard knock style. So like what they kind of do here in the States where HBO will follow a team during spring training. They've done that for like Liverpool. I think Tottenham actually is another team they've done that for. And you get to see some of the behind the scenes and how some of these players and stuff interact in the clubhouse and locker rooms. Um, so it is very interesting. And obviously sure. this is just, you know, very comical and satirical of the whole kind of concept, but um, that's certainly one of the things that drew me to the show is right. that extra soccer uh, um, you know, pull. Sure. No, that's that's great. And I would sum this up by saying this show is probably the best show ever made. Uh, Where'd you really rank it? I mean, I know we're doing this pod because, again, it's a fun show. It's a good show. Again, I think as this pilot episode, it's one of the better pilots I've seen in a long time. 
um, establishing so much in such a small time since it's only a half hour runtime. But I don't know that it is in my. I would say it's probably in my top ten. Okay. Um, and what I would say is it is a show that has stuck with me more just from a once again just a life perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being positive, treating people how they want to be treated. Um, there's some forgiveness stuff that yeah. we get into as the episode goes that I think like showing people grace and, and being forgiving even of people that have wronged you is like such an important thing to grasp. I feel like so many things are like vengeance focused. Mm-hmm. Like you get vengeance, you're going to feel better or like that's the goal. Things that happen during this show that just shows a, like like the power of being forgiving mm-hmm. and like trying to find the best in people and really like trying to help people grow in an unselfish way. I, I think it's very easy to take offense to things, mm-hmm. like feel slighted, but like sometimes you like interact with a person who like does that to you and you've got to kind of like sit back and be like, uh, do they know better? Like, where are they coming from? Yeah. Like, how can I almost help them see what they're doing? Because mm-hmm. I think some people go through life and they just don't know how they're perceived. Sure. Like, they've got these kind of blinders on and they're not self-aware enough. And mm-hmm. so I'm going on a, a bit of a diatribe, but <laughs> no, it is I, a show that has stuck with me in that way. Yeah, and I think, you know, Ted Lasso, it's just kind of a throwaway line, but when they talk about, like, how many countries this country have, they say four, and then, you know, Ted Lasso kind of says it's kind of what we have in America. Um, oh yeah that's right not to get like political and stuff i mean we're in an environment like where we've had you know we've been dealing with COVID over the last year and a half and people have been so isolated and by themselves and political landscape and everything so many people don't ever want to see seemingly the good in people right not understanding that you know um you know humanity is 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 worth having conversation and stuff about as opposed to just throwing everybody under the bus i think this show does a good job of of helping deliver and explain that and i'm certainly looking forward to the rest of the series sure i am too we have talked uh three times longer than the episode (laughs) itself which is pretty incredible those of you that have listened to us those of you that have watched uh, we appreciate it we're planning on going through the whole first season talking it through like this Uh, if you have questions or anything we'll figure out a way uh (laughs) to make that uh available (laughs) through our myspace page we'll flash our Um, phone numbers down here and then what we really would like is any corrections, anything we did wrong. Listen, we don't need your internet mail. We know we're not perfect. Just no, 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 Yes, yeah, we want all of it. Like, you're, you um, can feel it, man. Uh, I will give you Tom's Twitter handle. <laughs> uh, we'd love to hear from you. We love being corrected. I have a family that loves to correct me. I just can't get enough. So, <laughs> from Julian and, and Tom, we Happy. appreciate it. And please join us, I guess, next time for episode two, which is called... Into the Darkness. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. I don't either. That's why I threw it to you. Uh, bye, everybody. Bye.